0: Reading Through the Bible Together podcast, April 20th. This is Blake Farley, and I am so honored that you would join me for another day of reading through the one-year Bible in the New Living Translation. Let's go ahead and jump in with our Old Testament reading, Joshua chapter 21, starting in verse 1 through chapter 22, verse 20. Then the leaders of the tribe of Levi came to consult with Elysiar, the priest. Joshua, son of Nun, and the leaders of the other tribes of Israel, they came to them at Selah in the land of Canaan and said, The Lord commanded Moses to give us towns to live in and pasture land for our livestock. Verse 3. So, by the command of the Lord, the people of Israel gave the Levites the following towns and pasture lands out of their own grants of land. The descendants of Aaron, who were members of the Kohathite clan, Within the tribe of Levi were allotted 13 towns that were originally assigned to the tribes of Judah, Simeon, and Benjamin. The other families of the Koalite clan were allotted 10 towns from the tribes of Ephraim, Dan, and the half tribe of Manasseh. The clan of Gershon was allotted 13 towns from the tribes of Issachar, Asher, Nephtali, and the half tribe of Manasseh and Bashan. The clan of Mary was allotted 12 towns from the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and Zebulun. So the Israelites obeyed the Lord's commands to Moses and assigned these towns and pasture lands to the Levites by casting sacred lots. The Israelites gave the following towns from the tribes of Judah and Simeon to the descendants of Aaron, who were members of the Koholite clan within the tribe of Levi, since the sacred lot fell to them first. Kereth Araban, that is Hebron, in the hill country of Judah, along with its surrounding pasture lands, Arba was an ancestor of Anak, But the open fields beyond the town and the surrounding villages were given to Caleb, son of Jephun, as his possession. The following towns with their pasture lands were given to the descendants of Aaron, the priest, Hebron, a city of refuge for those who accidentally killed someone, Libna, Jetir, Esamah, Holon, Debri, Aan, Judah, and Beth Shesman, nine towns from these two tribes. From the tribe of Benjamin, the priests were given the following towns with their pasture lands, Gibeon, Geba, Enathon, Elmon, four towns. So, in all, 13 towns with their pasture land were given to the priests, the descendants of Aaron. The rest of the Kohalite clan from the tribe of Levi was allotted the following towns and pasture land from the tribe of Ephraim. Shechem in the hill country of Ephraim, a city of refuge for those who accidentally killed someone, Gizir, Kibzez, and Bethhoron, four towns. The following towns and pasture lands were allotted to the priests from the tribe of Dan, Elikatar, Gibeith, Ajalon, gath Riman, four towns. The half-tribe of Manasseh allotted the following towns with their pasture lands to the priests, Tanek and gath rimmon two towns. So in all, ten towns with their pasture lands were given to the rest of the koh clan. The descendants of Gershon, another clan within the tribe of Levi, received the following towns with their pasture lands from the half-tribe of Manasseh. Golan and Bashan, a city of refuge for those who had accidentally killed someone, and be and two towns. From the tribe of Issachar, they received the following towns with their pasture lands. Kishion, Deberef, Jumaref, and In four towns. From the tribe of Asher, they received the following towns with their pasture lands. Abdon, Helikatha, and Rahab, four towns. From the tribe of Nephitali, they received the following towns with their pasture lands. Kadesh and Galilee, a city of refuge for those who had accidentally killed someone. Hemoth Ador, and Katarne three towns. So in all thirteen towns with their pasture lands were allotted to the clan of Gershon. The rest of the Levites, the Mariel clan, were given the following towns with their pasture lands from the tribe of Zebulun, Jochem, Carata, Dimna, and Nalapha, four towns. From the tribe of Reuben they received the following towns with their pasture lands Bezir, Jezez, Kadabath, and Muthup, four towns. From the tribe of Gad, they received the following towns with their pasture lands, Remuf and Gilead, a city of refuge for those who accidentally killed someone, Mahihun, Heshbon, and Jezir, four towns. So in all, 12 towns were allotted to the clan of Mir. The total number of towns and pasture lands within Israelite territory given to the Levites came to 48. Every one of these towns had pasture lands surrounding it. So the Lord gave to Israel all the land he had sworn to give their ancestors, and he took possession of it and settled there. Boom. Verse 43, God's promise fulfilled. promise we saw all the way back in Genesis. It's been building, it's been building, it's building. Verse 43, God gave it all. And he always does. He is faithful. Same as in Jesus, he has promised us his people that if we trust in him, uh, we have a future hope of a land far greater than the promised land. It's the true promised land. It's the kingdom of God where there is no death or sickness or sadness. And we can believe that that promise is true because of what he's already given us. Through his son Jesus who lived the perfect life and died the death we deserve to die and decisively rose again, we know that he'll fulfill his promises. Um, I don't know about you, but I want to believe in the guy and trust the guy who uh, defeated death. Like There's nobody else who can promise that. And not only that, he has given me freedom over the guilt and shame and condemnation I carry for my sins. And I, I know I know that I have reason to have faith in God because of what he's already done in my life. His Holy Spirit is in me, making me more like Jesus day in and day out and empowering me for his mission. And we see that here in the Old Testament as well. Verse 44. And the Lord gave them rest on every side, just as he had solemnly promised their ancestors. None of their enemies could stand against them, for the Lord helped them conquer all their enemies. Not a single one of all the good promises the Lord had given to the family of Israel was left unfulfilled. Everything he had spoken came true. Then Joshua called together the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. He told them, You have done as Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you and you have obeyed every order I have given you. During all this time, you have not deserted the other tribes. You have been careful to obey the commands of the Lord, your God, right up to the present day. And now the Lord, your God, has given the other tribes rest as he promised them. So go back home to the land that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you as your possession on the east side of the Jordan River, but be very careful to obey all the commands and the instructions that Moses gave to you. Love the Lord your God, walk in all his ways, obey his commands, hold firmly to him, and serve him with all your heart and all your soul. So Joshua blessed them and sent them away, and they went home. Moses had given the land of Bashan east of the Jordan River to the half-tribe of Manasseh. The other half of the tribe was given to the land west of the Jordan. As Joshua sent them away and blessed them, he said to them, Go back to your homes with great wealth you have taken from your enemies. The vast herds of livestock, the silver, gold, bronze, and iron— and the large supply of clothing. Share the plunder with your relatives. So the men of Reuben, Gad, and the half tribe of Manasseh left the rest of Israel at Siloam in the land of Canaan. They started the journey back to their own land of Gilead, the territory that belonged to them according to the Lord's commands through Moses. But while they were still in Canaan, and when they came to the place called Gilead near the Jordan River, the men of Reuben, Gad, and the half tribe of Manasseh stopped to build a large and imposing altar. The rest of Israel heard that the people of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh had built an altar at Gilead at the edge of the land of Canaan on the west side of the Jordan River. So the whole community of Israel gathered at Silla and prepared to go to war against them. First, however, they sent a delegation led by Phinehas' son of Eleazar, the priest, to talk with the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. In this delegation, there were ten leaders of Israel, one from each of the ten tribes, each the head of his family within the clans of Israel. When they arrived in the land of Gilead, they said to the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, The whole community of the Lord demands to know why you are betraying the God of Israel. How could you turn away from the Lord and build an altar for yourselves in rebellion against him? Was our sin at Peor not enough? To this day, we are not fully cleansed of it. And even after the plague that struck the entire community of the Lord, and yet today, you are turning away from following the Lord. If you rebel against the Lord today... He'll be angry with all of us tomorrow. Pause. They just got the promise fulfilled. And what do they do? They turn against the God who's fulfilled the promise. And yet I can't sit here as a judgmental man because I've received promises of God and the very next day, betrayed and rebelled against him. It's part of human nature. And it's why we ought to be so grateful for Jesus. Verse 19. If you need the altar... The land you possess. If you need the altar because the land you possess is defiled, then join us in the Lord's land, where the tabernacle of the Lord is situated, and share our land with us. But do not rebel against the Lord or against us by building an altar other than the one true altar of the Lord our God. Didn't divine anger fall on the entire community of Israel when Achan, a member of the clan of Zerah, sinned by stealing the things set apart for the Lord? He was, not only, he was not the only one who died because of his sin. That concludes our Old Testament reading for the day. Moving on to the New Testament, Luke chapter 20, verses 1 through 26. One day as Jesus was teaching the people and preaching the good news in the temple, the leading priests, the teachers of religious law, and the elders came up to him. They demanded, By what authority are you doing all these things? Who gave you the right? Let me ask you a question first, he replied. Did John's authority to baptize come from heaven, or was it merely human? They talked it over among themselves. If we say it is from heaven, he will ask why we didn't believe John. But if we say it was merely human, the people will stone us because they are convinced John was a prophet. So they finally replied that they didn't know, and Jesus responded, Then I won't tell you by what authority I do these things. Now Jesus turned to the people again and told them this story. A man planted a vineyard, leased it to tenant farmers, and moved to another country to live for several years. At the time of the grape harvest, he sent one of his servants to collect his share of the crop. But the farmers attacked the servants. The servant beat him up and sent him back empty-handed. So the owner sent another servant, but they also insulted him, beat him up, and sent him away empty-handed. A third man was sent, and they wounded him and chased him away. What will I do? the owner asked himself. I know I'll send my cherished son. Surely they will respect him. But when the tenant farmers saw his son, they said to each other, Here comes the heir to the estate. Let's kill him and get the estate for ourselves. So they dragged him out of the vineyard and murdered him. What do you suppose the owner of the vineyard will do to them? Jesus asked. I tell you, he will come and kill those farmers and lease the vineyard to others. How terrible that such a thing should ever happen, his listeners protested. Jesus looked at them and said, Then what does this scripture mean? The stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. Everyone who stumbles over that stone will be broken to pieces, and it will crush anyone it falls on. The teachers of religious law and the leading priests wanted to arrest Jesus immediately because they realized he was telling the story against them. They were the wicked farmers, but they were afraid of the people's reaction. Watching for their opportunity, the leaders sent spies pretending to be honest men. They tried to get Jesus to say something that, that could be reported to the Roman governor so he would arrest Jesus. Teacher, they said, we know that you speak and teach what is right and are not influenced by what others think. You teach the way of God truthfully. Now tell us, is it right for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? He saw through their trickery and said, show me a Roman coin whose picture and title are stamped on it. Caesar's, they replied. Well then, he said, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. So, they failed to trap him by what he said in front of the people. Instead, they were amazed by his answer and they became silent. And by the way, that is an amazing answer Jesus gave. That concludes our New Testament reading. But, you know, they come to Jesus trying to trap him and uh, they're expecting him to say, you know, you don't owe Caesar anything. You just you owe God everything. But that's not what Jesus says. He says, show me a coin. And just like our American coins have pictures of our leaders on them, uh, Jesus says, Wh- whose picture is on this coin? And they say, the Caesar's. And he says, well, then give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. Now, if you remember in Genesis, it says that we are made in the image of who? God. Who is stamped on us, my friends? God. So if we're to give the coin to Caesar because it has his image on it, then we're to give ourselves to God because his image is on us. Isn't that amazing? Jesus is is ultimate, man. I mean, that is, you you couldn't make that up. That is such a good answer. And moving on to the proverb of the day, Proverbs chapter 13, and we're going to read verses 15 and 16. A person with good sense is respected. A treacherous person is headed for destruction. Wise people think before they act. Fools don't, and even brag about their foolishness. And we've all met people like that, haven't we? We will be praying the 89th Psalm. It's 13 verses, so I'm just going to read the whole Psalm, and then at the end I'll pray, but I would encourage you to go through and pray as God would lead you verse by verse, or a few verses at a time, or whatever it may be for you. A psalm of Ethan the Ezrahite. I will sing of the Lord's unfailing love forever. Young and old will hear of your faithfulness. Your unfailing love will last forever. Your faithfulness is as enduring as the heavens. The Lord said, I have made a covenant with David, my chosen servant. I have sworn this oath to him. I will establish your descendants as kings forever. They will sit on your throne from now until eternity. Interlude. All heaven will praise your great wonders, Lord. Myriads of angels will praise you for your faithfulness, for who in all of heaven can compare with the Lord? What mightiest angel is anything like the Lord? The highest angelic powers stand in awe of God. He is far more awesome than all who surround his throne. O Lord of heaven's armies, where is there anyone as mighty as you, O Lord? You are entirely faithful. You rule the oceans, You subdue their storm-tossed waves. You crushed the great sea monster. You scattered your enemies with your mighty arm. The heavens are yours and the earth is yours. Everything in the world is yours. You created it all. You created north and south. Mount Tabor and Mount Hermon, praise your name. Powerful is your arm. Strong is your hand. Your right hand is lifted high in glorious strength. Yes, God, you are uh, amazing to be awed above all else. We can't even begin to comprehend how amazing you are. We think about the most awe-inspiring things in our world, and you are the one who created them. The angels, those who surround your throne, are not as majestic as one and wonderful as you. Oh, Lord, what a psalm of praise. And allow us, Lord, to praise you. Give us a desire and a strength, and show us what you've done for us so that we might praise your name all the more. It is in your name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you for joining me today, and I hope to see you back here tomorrow for another day of reading through the Bible together.